Greetings, one and all, and welcome to another episode of Mafia Wife Life. It is me, Mafia Wife, in the Mafia Wife Life studio. And once again, I have things on my mind, and I thank you all for tuning in so diligently. Um, let's see, what is going on? Well, um, quite a bit, actually. I have band practice um, once a week, which I've had for almost four years now, and I really, really enjoy. And one, well, several of my daughters actually are really good at performing and rapping and singing. And one of my daughters in particular is going to do a certain rap for a holiday get-together um, that the Godfather is hosting at a place downtown over the holidays. And so she has been coming out to band practice with me, and it's been such a good, great, great, great time. And it is so moving and so inspirational to encourage her expression um, artistically, um, and creatively. And I'm just so happy that she's willing to participate in it. And we've had a really good time. Um, that's not necessarily what I was going to talk about. Um, but I just wanted to mention that as an aside, I think about other people that say things about their children or children in general, and, you know, from my observation, I, I see these things and I read these things and I'm like, huh, that's not what I experienced. That's not what I saw. But they put it out there anyway, as though it's, um, as though it's some really structured narrative that other people are meant to follow along with and I say to myself and the Godfather and our children and one of my other sisters what the fuck you know that's not my observation that's not our experience is it yours and they're like oh hell no um, and so we just acknowledge that and then we move on now as it pertains to the memoir, yes, I'm continuing to talk about the memoir because it's something that's a monkey on my back. And when I have a big project that um, I know that I need to attend to, it just sort of stays with me like, you know, a, a dog with a bone. And I just will not let myself let go of it. And if I do let myself let go of a project, it's because I've decided that that's what I want to do. But if I really want to pursue it, then I won't let go of it because I don't want to let my own self down. Nobody tells me I have to do anything. And the Godfather says, why don't you just stop? And I'm like, because I don't want to, boo. Even though it's hard, even though it's the hardest thing I've ever done, I'm not going to let it go because I don't want to deal with the after effect of letting something that I know is in me and that I know is important 
Um, I don't want to let it just fall by the wayside. So I have a fourth project that I'm in the middle, well, that I'm beyond the middle of designing down on the Outer Banks. And I know that I have to attend to that. And I also, you know, got a text from the Godfather today who said, you know, there's two architects that want to meet with you in Richmond about this next project. And I'm like, dude, you know, I'm not there yet, brother. I am deep into the um, concepting, but I don't necessarily want to um, meet with anybody about my concepts. And he said, you know, you can do it. It's okay. It's okay. I know I can do it. The question is, do I want to do it? And my answer is, I don't really want to do it until I get this fucking book off my back. So I wrote to a friend of mine, I think it was yesterday, and I said, I, I, I'm not really cool with this because it feels so indulgent to write about one's life, you know, and, and if one is writing a memoir, they're writing about one's life. And uh, I just put it out there. And so I was at band practice last night when I got his response and I didn't reply because I was there with my girl and the Godfather. And he said, of course, all writing is indulgent by nature. It is indulgent, but you have to remove ego and you just have to put the words down and, and put them in the correct order because the story is already there and you have what it takes to to write in that way, clear and truthful, and the story is already there. So I was like, all right, I'll get back on that horse. So I feel like I'm clearing the, the, I'm clearing the board until I get this behind me. But in the meantime, life happens. So I had written all of these essays, I can't even tell you, well, I can tell you, over 250,000 words on these essays that I had written. And I had organized them last weekend when the Godfather was camping, as I had mentioned in a previous podcast. And then I was like trying to edit all of those manuscripts. And I'm like, this is going to drive me fucking crazy. I can't do this. I'm not doing this because I think it's just too provoking. I think it's too triggering. And I wanted to, you know, preserve my, excuse me, my own heart, my own mind, my own mental health. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to look at those manuscripts as writing prompts, okay? That's what I'm gonna do. And then I'm gonna write from the beginning and I'll just see what happens. So I have, cleared the board and I have created a new document that is called new manuscript. So I have every so often I have read an excerpt to the Godfather who has known me forever, 40 years now. And, um, you know, he knows everything about me. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my strengths. He knows my biases. He knows everything. And so, but he, 
that doesn't mean he wants to relive everything, which is kind of what happens, girls and boys, when you're writing a memoir. And I respect that. I understand that. And I, you know, I, I give him that, you know, because he deserves it. But every now and then, you know, he's willing to listen. And so he knows that I've tried to clear this slate and tried to, um, try to start at the beginning. So I let myself read this to him today and he listened. I was born into a family of 13 children, same parents, no twins, none dead. None of us ever went missing. Most of us graduated from college. As far as I know, only two of my siblings ever spent time in jail. In the span of 20 years, my parents had nine daughters and four sons. I was the second oldest, born in 1962. By the time my youngest sibling left for college, my mother and father had been on duty for nearly 40 years. My parents didn't set out to have 13 children. It was only their collective allegiance to the Catholic Church that set this course in motion. For a long time, my parents weren't just ordinary Catholics, but super Catholics, far exceeding any of their Catholic peers at our church. Based on volume alone, I believed we were powerful and enjoyed telegraphing what I thought of as our collective strength when we walked down the center aisle of our church on Sundays. I appreciated the fact that we occupied an entire pew and then some during the 1030 Mass. We were the biggest family by far, a distinction that made me proud. <clears throat> we attracted attention and I liked it. We were the ordered properly nourished, sufficiently groomed offspring of two respectable and educational or and educated parents, a doctor and a nurse. Our mother was lovely and graceful, like Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music, not frumpy and haggard, like one might expect a mother of so many to be. Much of her looks in those days channeled Jacqueline Kennedy, an icon of hers, and so many others during those early years. We lived in a custom-made home in the most desirable neighborhood in our school district. Some of us had been sent to Catholic school, cementing our reputations as solid citizens even further in the eyes of the church. Mostly, though, as a family at large, none of us really knew us. I'm sorry, no one really knew us so much as they knew our ideas of us. My parents were aware of their reputation inside the church, and enjoyed being recipients of the priests' approving gazes. They were aware of the fact that they were viewed as examples, even, of what a proper Catholic family should look like, which is to say, large, and in receipt of as many sacraments as possible. If this were true, that we were the family that we were perceived as being, there'd be no story here. We would have all grown up and lived happily ever after, We'd be too busy making plans for summer reunions and cheering each other's kids on in their respective Little League games and swim meets. We'd surely draw names at Christmas only because the number of family members to buy gifts for would by then be far too unwieldy. But we'd all be fine with it because our silly gag gifts to each other would be considered so much more fun. 
I imagine we'd share recipes and babysit each other's children and post their school pictures under magnets on the refrigerators in our suburban kitchens. We would relish in the fact that our children would feel the same insulated safety in numbers that we did, and whatever went on in the world at large could never really touch us because we lived so deeply inside a world of our own making. But none of that happened. Not a bit of it is true, even though in my many dreams regarding my future, I could never have seen this coming, that there would be none of these things. We wouldn't root, root for each other's children any more than we rooted for each other. We wouldn't go out of our way to visit because we recognized early in our adulthood that it was too awkward and uncomfortably clunky trying to connect with one another outside of the confines of our parents' home. Um, I am just going to start writing from the beginning, and I'm going to write till the end, and I really don't care who digs this. I have um, been in contact. Oh, I have a package from UPS. I have to go because I have somebody that's coming up to my front porch here, so I'm going to say TTYL here. I do hope everybody is well, and I wish you all well. Let me see here. I got to, like, stop this. Bye.